Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, lax rats alike, welcome back to another episode of the Crease Dive. Today is Thursday, March 2nd, and can you smell that, Dukes? Can, can you smell? It smells like lacrosse is in the air. The oh, calendars, man. the calendars have flipped over to March. And you know, listen, I love February lacrosse just as much as, as the next guy, but this is where the season really starts to feel like the real thing. We've got great weather. We've got the sun staying out a little bit later. We've got high school seasons starting up all over the country. This is lacrosse season. I'm Jordy from Barstool. And with me, as always, we've got Dukes in the lab. Dukes. How are we feeling, brother? Big month for you coming up here between uh, some more college lacks and college hoops. This is – a lot of people are – you know, like in college basketball terms, a lot of people say January, February, Izzo, April because they think that Coach Izzo owns March. I think people got to start saying January, February, Dukes, April. It, March is the, my biggest month of the year uh, between college basketball, college across, being a barstool guy that does both. Huge, huge month for me. But, Jordy, I want to go back to something. When you started saying, do you smell that, too? Because I did smell something. And it wasn't lacrosse. It was a dead body, and it was six of them in the Ivy Leagues. I mean, what a dead conference. Wow. Yeah. You're in in the office right now, so I didn't know what was going on in the Barstool HQ when when you said that a dead body. But, yes, the Ivies are maybe not all of them. Yeah, I, I like how you said six, right? Because there's we always forget that Dartmouth exists, even though Dartmouth did beat Hokro. So shout out to Dartmouth on that one. Yeah, what a what a miserable weekend for the Ivies. Uh, listen, they they were bound to come back to you know come back to reality after what they did last season. Um, and this was just a huge, huge weekend for all of us Donna haters out there. You know, so this was you know Donna just wanted to shove the Ivies down our throats in the NCAA tournament last year. She better pipe down this time around because that was a, a brutal weekend for the nerds of lacrosse. Uh, listen, should we should we just might as well, right? Should we just get right into the Ivies and, and talk about what a what a tough weekend it was for for all those dorks? Because we've got Yale losing to Penn State at home, second year in a row, maybe not maybe not at home for the second year in a row, but second year in a row that they've lost to Penn state. Right. And think about how dog shit Penn state was last year. They only had three wins on the entire season. One of them against Yale. So right now, Penn state Yale's daddy, even though if you want to go back to the 2019 tournament, whatever, we don't have to, but Yale loses at Penn. Uh, Yale loses at home to Penn state. Penn loses at home to Duke, a game that I was uh, fortunately, unfortunately enough to, to be there in person and freezing my ass off watching that game. And then Princeton loses at home to Maryland. They get fucking waxed by Maryland. So three huge games on the schedule. All three games were home for the Ivies. All three losses. Dudes, we, we can start with whatever one you want to start with, but all of them are a little rough. We can start with the game that you were at. Eyes on the ground. You saw, you know, um, some some big boys out there. You saw Brendan O'Neill in person, Sam Hanley in person. Were you impressed by anybody? So there were there were definitely a few people that I was impressed by. Uh, I got to be like for the most part, I was just like trying my best just to get any feeling in my toes. So like I was kind of like it was kind of hard to watch the game. It was fucking freezing out just standing there. Um, so credit to me for having the you know the dedication and the passion enough to stay out there for all four quarters. Uh, dude, one thing that I was like incredibly 
impressed by during this game. Andrew McAdory's calves. Yeah. Dude, these things are fucking rock solid, dude. It is like, it is insane to see, um, you know, obviously like just seeing the size of, of Brendan O'Neill and Sam Hanley, like, yeah, like they're, they're towering figures. They're, they're, you know, big human beings. But like when I saw McAdory come out for the first face off, dude, it, like it literally looked like a, like they just chopped off the bottom half of a statue and threw them on there. So that young man would love to know what his calf raise PR is. Uh, the rest of the game, though, listen, Duke. Th- this was their. This was actually a huge game for Duke because it I don't was. think I don't think that they've ever before this point beaten Penn at Penn before. So have to assume you know big legacy game for Donowski. Um was actually boots on the ground the last time that Duke lost at Franklin Field a few years ago. Um, but you know this this was a game that. You know, I, I thought that probably was going to play out. The final score ends up being exactly what I kind of thought it would be. I thought the Duke's probably the better team and that they would win a close game. The final score doesn't tell the whole story of this game, though, because for the most part, Duke was just fucking pumping Penn. Um, at one point, I think it was like 8-2, to two, like right before halftime, and then Penn was able to score a nice little juice goal right before halftime just to at least go into the locker room with something. But, like, they were looking lifeless for a while and they, they were getting plenty like Penn was getting plenty of looks. Uh, so, so shout out to, um, why, why do I, uh, Wilhelm in, Whoa. in cage. Oh. Yeah. Will, yeah. Will, Will, Willem for, uh, in cage for, uh, Duke because he had a lot of, a lot of big saves. Um, but I don't know, just the, the combination of McAdory and Brendan O'Neill is just, uh, it's, it's very, menacing to see in person so i can understand why this team has been so successful yeah i i mean i feel like they got they got a lot of work from a lot of different scores in this game from duke uh i wasn't able to watch it obviously in real time because if you were following me on twitter obviously i was at the pll championship series but i watched a little bit of the game back because a student of the game i am just because i know the score and the outcome doesn't mean that i can't get better as uh i study the film and what i saw in the film was Duke, my, my take about Duke being like the most talented roster or whatever, that attack line, I think we're like, – all three of those guys are pros. All three of those guys – I mean, besides – like, McAdore is going to be talked about as a number one pick. Brendan O'Neill is going to be talked about as a number one pick. Uh, they, they are legit. I mean, Dyson Williams in the NLL could be a, 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 a number one guy. Great, great, great point. He Is he not? Was he? Did he already get drafted? Uh, he might, it's, it's hard to keep track of those things. Um, well, I mean, yeah, if, 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 if it wasn't, if he didn't already get drafted first overall, like I think he's going to, um, yeah, I'm, I'm fairly certain he either did get drafted number one overall or he's like going to whatever point stands. This fucking Duke team is loaded. Um, it, that, that defender, uh, put the clamps on Sam Hanley, the clamps. So Wilson Stevenson, another yes. guy who going to talk about a little bit later in the show because I have him pegged as a winner for a certain segment that we're going to talk about. Yeah. But dude, Wilson, like, but I, I mentioned this in a tweet before. So, you know, I'm obviously going to talk about him right now. Um, like I, I went to that game excited to see the the matchup between Sam Hanley and Brendan O'Neill, just a couple mutants going after it that pretty much like the X-Men bowl right there. Um, but Wilson Stevenson was like the, 
dude, he, he, he was the, the baddest dude on the field. Um, you know, every time and like dude, Sam Hanley definitely was, I, I don't know if it was because it was cold and he was forcing things just cause like, or I don't know if it's just because he was getting clamped up by Wilson Stevenson that he was forcing things, but he was just not having any luck against Wilson Stevenson. Like dude, anytime he went to lower shoulder and just run through him, no fucking dice. Wilson Stevenson was standing them up. Um, yeah, great, great performance out of him. Dude, another sick poll who unfortunately ended up on one of the sickest highlights that we'll see uh, this season. Dude, BJ Farrar is, he's so good. He's so quick, so great in transit. Like, and, you know, early in the game, you know, there, there was one point where McAdory kind of tried to initiate contact with him and BJ Farrar just like ate him up. Like it was nothing. And I was like, fuck, like 70 and white is here to play. But I it might have been the fourth quarter, but this 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 highlight got posted everywhere, and it was one of the nastiest rocker steps you'll ever see out of Andrew McAdory. Just sent BJ Farrar to the shadow realm. Um, dude, anyone listening to this show right now has probably seen either like TLN posted or ECD posted or whoever you follow on you know Instagram or, or TikTok posted, but like. Dude, like you think about the rocker step, like I'm always thinking about the rocker step, like you're dodging from X and you're, you're coming up the hash and then you, you rocker step and then you get back to top side. I don't know, like if I've seen the rocker step going down the alley, the same way that Andrew McAdory did this one, it was filthy. You want me to pull it up for the people? I can do that. I have the ability. Wow. We're, we're look at this, look at this tech guy. I'm going to, I just downloaded it. Let me pull this up for the people. This is why you subscribe to the YouTube, Jordy. You only got to get the audio in the car, uh, in the car right now on the train. I'm about to show the people that subscribe to us on YouTube, like comment, appreciate us in the comments. Um, I'm about to present this right now in two seconds. Doing it. All right. All right, ready? Oh, I've, I've been ready. <laughs> Is that it? Yeah, that's it. It's Today we're going to be breaking down Andrew McAdory's. <laughs> and there's Deemer class. I just downloaded the first thing that I saw. <laughs> I thought I thought what you, you were going to do, you were going to pull it up on your phone and then put your phone up to the camera and then show everybody that way. Oh, uh, no, but I can. Do you want me to try to get the rocker stuff? All right, because I, I found it officially. Yeah, hey, I found Martin. it. I found it. Give me this is I'm going to get this right. I have faith in Tech Guy Dukes. These are the things. I meant to tell you that I can do this now. Um, but I found the right video. I didn't get the Deemer class one. We love Deemer. Make sure that you guys are fo- following uh, First Class Great LeBron. Follow. Great follow. This is good. This is good podcasting radio right here. Yeah, well, again, this is why you should be watching on YouTube. I mean, Jesus, dude. One little step and he sends BJ Farrar like five yards to the sideline right, right here right here if you're watching this there you're like what great defense great positioning by bj like you're like that's a coach's son a coach like that's a coach the defense in the locker room right now is like bj's gonna eat him up right there you know he's about to get his ankles snatched <sighs> it was insane it was so sick uh yeah i mean when you get the sideline when you get the sideline let's just appreciate the sideline work right here well yeah well especially because at that point in the game too like 
Penn had gone on a little bit of a run. Duke wasn't able to get much going offensively because, again, I think that they had like eight at halftime, and then I don't, I don't even know if they scored it all in the third quarter. They might have had like one goal in the third quarter. So like that was like just just a big juice goal to get them going. But the fact that he also just snatched a pair of ankles brutally in in the fashion that he did. Uh, yeah, so big big game out of McAdory, big game out of Wilson Stevenson. Um, and yeah, I mean, Penn just needs to kind of figure out what they need to do the rest of this year. And I don't think it's run absolutely everything through Sam Hanley. I think uh, I think they've got some really good players in Cam Rubin and Dylan Gregar. Uh, sure, so yeah, so might might want to yeah ship also. Um, but yeah, so listen, tough one for Penn. They showed a lot of fight to get themselves back into the game because that game could have and should have been over at halftime. Uh, and it still kind of came down to the last couple minutes. Uh, you know, the, the one game that just they were never able to get themselves into anything is Princeton also getting clamped up against Maryland. Uh, so Maryland, they get their big 11 to five win over over the Tigers, uh, big game out of uh, Daniel Maltz. I, f- I feel like these these Maltzes just keep coming every every couple of years. There's a new one in there. Uh, but Danny Maltz, he had uh, I believe he had four goals on the game, uh, dude, and 14 saves out of freshman goalie Brian Ruppel. So, do I know that this is a kind of a we you hate know, this a, guy. I, 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 it sucks. It sucks because now I have to be a Maryland hater again. Um, I don't think they gave Teddy a fair shot. I don't even know if my take can be wrong when they don't that like he's one and zero. And from all I'm concerned, he's one and zero. You're you're not wrong. Like, could the coach like it, I don't know? There, there's probably different factors to it. I mean, obviously, the coaches know what's going on more, but like if they see the guy in practice, they obviously think he's better than my prediction. Um, it also wouldn't surprise me if every single goalie on the Maryland roster could start Maryland. It just like gets good goalies and good recruits. Um, but he, he played a hell of a game, but Dante trader, I think stole, stole the story for me. Another nasty, nasty highlight to come out of the weekend. Uh, and I can present it. I can have it ready. <laughs> I, do I you, do you have it ready? It. Yeah. Can I just talk about this man really quick? It is so fucking funny to think about that. Like some of these kids are going to be legitimately on Princeton are going to be working at Goldman Sachs in like a couple of years, look like me, beer gut and stuff, maybe like lightly work out following the soft 75. And they're going to be like, yeah, that man in the NFL, Dante Trader, walked me up, knew where I was going before I even knew where I was going, made me retire from the sport of lacrosse, made him look like a fool. Um, this is legitimately a coach's wet dream on how to play defense. Um, so again, subscribe to the YouTube to check it out. <laughs> he just shakes his head. No. <laughs> oh yeah. This is, this is my first time seeing the, the shaking his head. No part. Oh, the shaking, the shaking the head. No, I'm going to play it one more time is the funniest thing. And like, here's like Coulter McAsee. Yeah. Shift, shifty little guy, L- little water bug out there. And great. He still had three goals on, on the day. So, it doesn't matter. Consider- no, no, no. But, but, but what I'm saying, 
it's it, it, that erases anything you've ever done in the sport of lacrosse. You're an All American last year. Now, now you're you're a little recruit, no. top 100 recruit. No, 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 no. I, I was I was saying this to make it better for Dante Trader. Like Coulter Mackesy is oh. a shifty cat who had like three goals. At, like so, like he just clamped one of their nastiest players and like barely broke. He, he wasn't didn't have to huff and puff at all it was just like hey this is this is light work for me you're not getting anywhere on the field right now you can try all you want and i can guarantee you that you're not moving a single inch on me i'm trying to look for it but eat, like going off yeah like i was trying to say that like Coulter should like retire from the, the sport as like as a whole like in a dramatic way but yeah uh he had the highlight last year where he did the same exact move and completely broke someone's ankles and then went top shelf Oh yeah, little 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 low to high. Been, it might have even been against Maryland, to be honest. Now that I think about it, if if I'm thinking about, I, I think that it was a little bit earlier. I, like I think it might have been like an early March game because I kind of remember it being little little chilly night out at uh, out in Princeton. I, I remember what you're talking about, but yeah, yeah. So like, just like yeah, you're right. Like it it, it does speak volumes about Dante Trader, but it's also to the like the the, the funniest thing. I think that like. Somebody said it. I think it's way easier for athletes to transition to D MIDI than offensive MIDIs, obviously. Again, but, another that was that was Deemer. So make sure you guys are following first class across. Was, was that him? I mean, it's also like what I kind of thought was going to happen with Ricky Meesing, but Ricky Meesing's kind of just like stepping into his own. Um, that team, but uh, yeah, I think he, I think he has the argument to be the best D MIDI in the country. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you shut down. Macassie like that and that fashion. Uh, I, I, I can't, I can't have it, dude. And like, here's the thing. Like if you're getting, like if you're getting a short stick in college across, you're still really good, but like, it's, it's not the same thing. It's like, like you get a short stick in the pros and like, you're still one of the nastiest players in the world. You get a short stick in college. You're really good, but you're not like, like if they're not pulling you, you're not like this, uh, this absolute, like insane lacrosse, but you're very, very, very good, but you're not this like unstoppable force. So what, what I'm saying is like, if you're not like that guy and you're like, all right, well, at least I have a short stick to dodge against like that, that that's fine. Like, I don't want to have to dodge against a pole, but then you see that the short stick that you have to dodge against is Dante trader. You're like, what the fuck am I doing here? Like, I'm not supposed to have to go up against a guy like this. Like give, I I'd rather take a pole at that point. I've, I've thought like why don't they just put a pole in his end? But then I was like, you don't have to. Yeah, you don't have to waste one. So waste like the, look a little bit less athletic. The, the, the I, I mean the pole the pole is like just there. It just gives you like it gives guys a little a little bit of an extra breather just to like make sure that they can react to what the the Dodgers doing. You don't have to react to the, what the Dodgers doing if you're Dante Trader because you already know exactly what he's going to try to do. Obviously, the games already happened, and we're talking about the Ivy League right now, but. I just want to switch gears a little bit, just like talk about the big t- Maryland's defense is phenomenal. But I mean, so Ohio State and Maryland, they're having a, a show off between, not, not show off because obviously seven, they just dropped 17. I'm not saying like goaltending and everything, but like the duo that Ohio State has, Robbie Van Buren held Schellenberger to like what, one assist? Two, yeah, two assists. I think he had a uh, pretty sure he had like four CTOs on the day or something like, like that. If you're doing that against Schellenberger and you you still lose by eleven, that just shows like you, you gave it your best shot. Like you truly gave it your all. I mean, it just might not be the year. Yeah, 
I mean, dude, like th- this Maryland defense is legit scared. Yeah, scared. So like goaltending for go- goaltending is going to be pretty much the key to both of that because they, they got 14 great saves out of Brian Ruppel or Rappel, however you want to say that last name. Who knows if that's going to end up being like just like what he does week in and week out or who knows if like, you yeah, know, this nice. th- this coming week things kind of just hit the fan a little bit. Um, but yeah, I've so mushed, I've mushed Teddy Dolan. I've mushed Duke. I've just, it's what I'm doing is a historic run. It's like, no, nobody has done it better than me. Notre Dame by five. I will uh, take, I'll take Venmo's at Kevin McDougal. If you want me to mush uh, any upcoming opponents, just let me know. I'll see him. Yeah. Show. And then real quick, I mean, uh, so Yale losing to Penn state. Um, probably the biggest thing there is just, not a lot of Matt Brandale, Matt Brandau sightings in that game. I think he ended up with a, a goal and two assists. That goal didn't come until the fourth quarter. Uh, again, second year in a row where Penn State has gotten one over Yale. So I don't know. We kind of see this happen in college across the like, same thing with uh, you know, like Jacksonville beating Duke. You know, it's it's just these things where for some reason or another, a, a team has another team's number, even though that other team might be significantly better than them. Um, but really good game out of Penn State, uh, especially their uh, goalie. I, I don't even want to figure out how to say this na- last name. Jack Frakin, Freight, whatever. Um, six Frackett, yeah. So 16 saves for him. Uh, so let's see, you got 16 saves out of your goalie against Yale. That's it's a good recipe for success right there. Uh, I don't think that Yale should be worried too much about that game. I think they're they're probably going to bounce back, but still a, a hilarious addition to the bad weekend for the Ivies. Yeah, and I know I, I didn't really get to catch m- most of these games, so I'm not going to pretend like I watched and I'm some expert. I'm just basically going off what I lightly saw in like YouTube highlights and what I see on Twitter from people that I trust. Uh, Shane Thornton. Obviously, a Yale alum himself. He's worried about the defense, so I would like to verbatim steal that take. I'm going to say I'm worried about the Yale defense. Well, you want to know who uh, who could probably help that defense out a little bit right now, but he is currently operating with one of the biggest wagons in college across at transition. the moment. What a transition! Let's talk about Chris Fake. And the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, they lay a beat down 15 to 8 over Georgetown. The Hoyas are just down for the count right now. Uh, 15 to 8 win in DC. Uh, Chris Fake just locking down Tucker Dordovic, held him to a goal. Uh, and I don't even think that that goal came against Fake. Uh, so scary defense. And obviously, a scary potent offense when you have brothers Kavanaugh running the show. So six points out of the two Kavanaugh's. I feel like that's pretty much, I feel like they've been like matching each other points wise every game so far in their three games, but it's just like, like Pat will have like a goal and five assists and then Chris will have five goals. And what is it? Yeah. I Chris, Chris to- not, not, not much of a share of the rock, but kid can finish. Are we gonna? When are we gonna start saying? Is this gonna be the year that we get two brothers winning the Heisman again, uh, the Touraton again, together? I, I will, we see, will we see it? The Kavanaughs winning the Touraton together, just like the Thompsons did, is very much in play. I don't know how you could give give it to one over the other right now, and I don't know how 
like I like they're at the very least they both have to be finalists. I wonder. I want. I think that they legitimately would want to win it together. And obviously, this is not taking anything away from Brendan O'Neill or like Schellenberger, but like what the Kavanaughs are out are up to up there in South Bend. But but the menaces that they're being like Matt Kavanaugh had had a case to win it by himself some years. Now you have two of them on the same roster. It's 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 insane. They're. I feel like they would want to probably fight for it. I I I don't know. Could you give it to? Win. I think they'd want to win together. You think that they'd want to win it together oh, yeah. instead of? They seem right. crazy. Well, enough, they, no, look, you're thinking Philly scumbags. You know, Philly scumbags. I don't know what they teach you guys. Brothers want to beat up brothers, but on the Long Island, it's all about family. You want to win. You want to win the trophy with your brother. I'm, I can't speak for the Cavanaughs, but I know that I want to. I want to win with my brother. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, either way. Six points out of the two of them um, to Georgetown, right? I mean, they come in the season, preseason three in the country, preseason ranked number three in the nation. And right now they are out of the top 20. They dropped their first three games of the year. It uh, doesn't get any easier for them either. They play against Princeton this weekend, and then maybe things kind of ease up a little bit once you have uh, <laughs> Richmond after that. But, I mean, they just couldn't get a stop. Uh, did, did you end up? Did you end up going to this game, or was that a drunken plan that you made that's while not, you were at the bar not, down? I'm not going to take. I'm not going to take this slander. Um, so here's <laughs> what happened. I woke up a little hungover, and I said, "I made it. Promises made, promises delivered." Uh, I walk. I walk outside the hotel, and I see that it's snowing. Mind you, the day before it was 85 and sunny in DC. So I walk outside the hotel, like a little like dusty, and I see snow on the ground, and I was like. I like lacrosse. I don't know how much I love it to be watching it in the snow right now. Where like I can't see the ball. I was like, I'll just watch it on TV. And let me tell you, the hungover breakfast that I got delivered in bed to watch Notre Dame Georgetown was way better than sitting in the stands alone. But it was a great. And honestly, thank God I didn't go because if I went for a blowout, that would be no no bueno. Yeah, well, I mean, Notre Dame right now, uh, they seem like they're on a collision course. Obviously, they're going to have to play against uh, Virginia in ACC play. Uh, They play against each other towards the end of this month, uh, and then they play again at the end of April. But it seems like a collision course for Virginia versus uh, Notre Dame in the final because these two teams, right? it's it's very clear and apparent that they are – an extra tier ahead of everybody else in the country. And obviously, you know, the first two wins for, for Notre Dame, not like marquee wins that they get a win against Marquette and Cleveland state. So it's not like, you know, it's not like those are two huge wins, but the fashion that they did it um, just absolute beat down. And then the fact that they come in, go down to DC to play against Georgetown, you know, and Georgetown might have their tail tucked between their legs a little bit so far this season, but that's still almost doubling up a team that, by most accounts at the beginning of the season supposed to be, you know, a final four uh, caliber team. So Mm -hmm. Notre Dame, just sick, sick stuff uh, out of them. And who do they have coming up this weekend? Uh, So, Oh yeah. So Maryland. So big one coming up for them. Easy. Irish by five. It's it's, (laughs) when I said, this is going to be one of the easiest games that Notre Dame has had in years. This is, Well, we'll get to that once we get around to our uh, our weekend preview. But again, the other wagon 
in college lacrosse right now. Uh, and this team, just bunch of fucking shit kickers right now. Uh, the Virginia Cavaliers. So they go down to Florida to play in some fucking little showcase type of situation. I forget exactly what they call yeah, it. The but, yeah. So they would they win? Oh, are we doing this? Are we doing like, oh, could Georgia beat the Detroit Lions? If if Virginia sent their best sixes team down to the PLL sixes, would they win? Uh, They would lose each game by like 15. I don't know. Not when when Matthew Nunez is down there making eight saves against uh, Ohio state, but no. So they go down 17 to six over Ohio state and Dukes, I have to give you credit for this one. You, I know that it's been a tough few weeks yeah, for your I mean, brain, just- uh, you know, a, a few weeks where maybe your takes haven't quite aged as well as you would like them to, but you called this one from the get go. You said that, you know, cu- going into this game, Hey, maybe this Ohio state defense, a lot of chatter was out there. Maybe this Ohio State defense can finally can finally kind of slow down this Virginia offense. Dukes, you said not a fucking chance. This is going to be a blowout, and a blowout it was. 17-6. to six. And how many times are we going to watch a team just get fucking dunked on over and over again by Peyton Cormier? I feel like we've been watching it for eight years now, where Cormier just hangs out in the crease, Scores a quick like five goals before anybody even realizes that he's out there. Might add another goal or two the rest of the game. This little fucking guy, man, he is a menace. He is a menace. And you know that he's talking shit the entire time. How could you not? I mean, the guy, the guy just grubs and scores goals. And I like not in a bad way, but he's like he's Lord Thickness. I mean, he just keeps getting thicker and thicker. And like it's almost like he gets thicker with each goal that he scores throughout his career. Like he, he's, he's got a career in the PLL. Like I see him visually. I see him on the chaos. I don't know about you, but like, I see him fitting like that, like that mold and like that finisher, like not having to move around too much. I just fucking fit scoring goals left and right. That's what he does. He only knows how to score goals. Yeah. He's, he's got, um, and, and, you know, obviously, this wouldn't bode well for his, his PLO career, but, but he does have a lot of, um, why, why, why am I blanking on his name right now? Uh, I think the, I know the, 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 the Yale, the Yale cat who got his finger bitten off. Godette. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a lot. He's got a lot of Matt Gaudet in him where he's just, a cre- yeah, well, let's not forget about the run that Gaudet went on when Yale won the national championship. Great. Cormier's done it for legitimately a decade. My ch- my adulthood, Cormier's been doing it. It does it not feel like he's been at Virginia for eight years? Dude, when I saw Jeff Connor was still on the roster, I had to turn to the Jeff Jake Malisek who works here, and I was like, dude, what the fuck? I was like, I feel like I was at Lincoln Financial. Like, I was putting some buy best like Duke or whatever. Like, what is going on? Insane. That guy, they, the, the roster, like Xander Dixon's been there, it feels like forever. Like, there's just like these guys just won't fucking graduate. And yeah. like, you think you're, gonna, like, you're like, it's Griffin Schutz's time to shine. It's like, no, it's not. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> he still has like five guys ahead of him that are. And I bet you he has like seven years of eligibility left. Like, like, I don't know what's going on in the academics office, but none of these guys graduate. Yeah. And like, the reason why is because we have seen so much Virginia lacrosse, like yeah, so, on television, the names they stick with you. Yeah, talking. and and you know you win two national championships, you get to you know another final, or you get to the 
you know, uh, quarterfinals last year. They're probably going to make it to Memorial Day Monday again this year. So, you know, we see these guys a lot and with the COVID, but like, holy fuck, man. Like I, 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 I can't wait for some of these guys to graduate. I can't imagine what some of these defenses are saying right now. Um, but uh, yeah, credit though to Bobby Van Buren for holding uh, Connor Schellenberger to two assists. Granted, you know, you might not have to, his foot might not have been on the gas that much when you have Peyton Cormier just finishing everything for seven times. So you don't, you didn't have to press much, but still really solid no. game out of him. It says, it says, it says basically, I said, I think I said word for word, like, like you could buy a grand beer and could shut down Connor Schellenberger and it, it does not matter. And it did not matter. It just speaks volumes to like, it's, it's Virginia right now. It to, to me, visually, not, credit to me, it's Virginia, a drop off. A little drop off. I'll get, no, no, I'm not. It's Virginia Notre Dame wagons. So it's Virginia, and then you know those houses where like the um like the kitchen is on like just a, like a little bit of a different level than the living room. Like there's that one little step. So there's Virginia's just proved it more. Like, like they, I don't know how to like right now. Like obviously, like like the Notre Dame defense is always gonna be the Notre Dame defense. Entman is, I think, even has the upper hand in goal. Cavanaugh's or Cavanaugh's. I don't know. It's actually getting tough. But no, then you got to deal with PD LaSala. <laughs> then then you got to deal with PD LaSala, who had a huge game at the faceoff stripe. In yeah, this but one. he Lynch, also had two goals. Lynch is Lynch. Uh, I don't know. I, I think Lynch uh, Lynch might have the upper hand at faceoff too. Like that, that'll be that'll be a good matchup to watch uh, over Memorial Day weekend for sure. Uh, I can't okay, we're, we're gonna we're gonna get a chance to see it twice before. I'm excited. Then. Yeah, we'll, we'll also tell a lot about Notre Dame because like it's not like they really played anyone like you played like you know some lower programs like georgetown and some like mid majors like cleveland state so like it's very tough just to like see where they're at oh my god um, uh, jack, no. jack rowlett just threw a helmet at you yeah. um I'm, I'm, but I'm, I'm very i i think it's just you know virginia notre dame 10 piles of shit and then maryland yeah also kate's all said Pretty pretty uh, menacing defender as well for for Virginia. Yeah, yeah, I mean that defense is like I'm really quick. Just like I, I'm about to like go respond to this fucking loser on TikTok. He's talking about like lacrosse athletes, and I was like saying like look at who all these athletes are playing college lacrosse. Like talking about Xavier Arline, uh Ricky Meeson, whatever. He's like the, the name someone that doesn't play lacrosse uh, football. That's an athlete. It's like. Fucking look at the fucking Virginia defense. They're all six six. They're standing with six feet poles, and they have like a head and shoulders above those like sticks. They make them look like fiddle sticks. It's insane. Yeah, I saw I saw someone tweet that out, like just a photo of the the Virginia defense bringing it in for a huddle, and everybody above six feet. Even Caster, like he he's phenomenal. So I don't know, uh, but yeah, I really like. I you know what. As a lacrosse guy, I think that we're going to be the first podcast to officially say Virginia and Notre Dame are good at lacrosse. I feel confident in saying it, yes. Um, just a couple other things from this week. Don't have to talk too much about them. Uh, I do want to give a shout-out to uh, Devin McLean on Brown. Uh, nine goals against Vermont. Uh, the QCUNC game, was, uh, it, it was it was an exciting game. It was a, a game. Of, yeah, it was definitely a lacrosse game that was played. Uh, 19 to 13. So a lot of goals in that one. A lot of them filthy. Uh, Q 
Cuse's man up was just ridiculous. Uh, anytime we get to see a couple Sean Goldsmith snipes, it's a good thing. Uh, so UNC looking pretty solid. Um, pretty sure. Oh, they, they've got Denver this weekend. So at home, that, that should be a good, should be a good one for UNC. Um, anything else from the weekend in college across? Obviously, we already talked all about PLL sixes. Yeah, nothing. Uh, I, I really got nothing, and I'm not gonna, you know, as an offensive guy, I don't really can't really speak on anything too much right now. This this guy and his integrity, man. Just I'm not gonna spew sp- any bullshit. I watched the games I watched. All right. Uh, well, that is going to bring us into. We've got a new segment coming up for you, yeah. boys and girls. The weight room of the week, and this is going to be brought to you by Shark Chalk. Uh, so real quick, let's let's discuss the segment and let's discuss Shark Chalk. Uh, this is going to be an award that we hand out every every week to the biggest and baddest dude in college across of that week. So it could be someone who just ran through an opponent, could be a big hit, uh, could be a, a PLL ref who just soaked a shot right to the nuts and barely even flinched. Mm-hmm. So uh, whoever is the biggest, baddest dude in college across of that week, uh, we will be giving them the weight room of the week presented by Shark Chalk. Uh, Shark Chalk, listen, anyone who goes into the gym, you, you've seen the chalk that people use. It gets all over the place, right? You're doing a lot of heavy lifting. It's good for you, but you don't need to chalk up the entire place, right? Especially if you're someone like myself who wears a lot of black to the gym, the chalk just gets everywhere. You leave the gym looking like a Cokehead. Uh, so this shark chalk, it's liquid chalk. You just mm-hmm. put it on your hands. Doesn't make a mess. Uh, it lasts longer than, than your traditional gym chalk. Uh, it comes in three different varieties, so you're going to be able to get a great lift and you're not going to make a mess all over the place. So Shark Chalk, you can check them out at sharkchalk.com. Uh, you can also find them on Instagram at Shark Chalk. And when you go there, pick yourself up a couple bottles of some liquid chalk and make sure to put in promo code LAX20 at checkout. That's going to give you 20% off of your order. So weight room of the week brought to you by Shark Chalk. I'm going to go ahead I told you this before. We already talked about him this week, uh, but Wilson Stevenson, just a fucking beast out there against Sam Hanley uh, and Penn. Like I mentioned, Sam Hanley, big boy, would try to put his shoulder down into Wilson Stevenson, wasn't moving him an inch. Uh, dude, this guy also, like you watch him on wings of faceoffs, that ball's on the ground. Got four or five different dudes going for it. Guess who's coming up with it? 19 and blue for Duke. Uh and then he's going to pick that ball up. He's going to soak a bunch of checks, not even going to bother him whatsoever. Uh, pretty sure I, I got his stats up here too. This man is listed at 6'3", 225, just a fucking brick shit house. Uh, so like I said, went, went to a game looking to see Sam Hanley versus Brendan O'Neill. Turns out biggest, baddest dude on the field, at least in my eyes, Wilson Stevenson. So my weight room of the week. Dukes? My weight room of the week is somebody that played football in college. Nick Asello? Not Chris Hogan. All right, no. Fuck. Whatever. You get the point. People Jim play Brown? Football <laughs> <laughs> My weight room of the week is Ricky Meason. I don't know if you saw him run through the entire Ohio State like team. Like I'm pretty sure that like Nick Myers even got some slaps in there. But Ricky Meason just put on the gas was knocking people over, forgot that he was playing football. Like, I'm sure at one point he didn't even have the ball on his stick and he was just running through Ohio State. 
he saw Buckeye. He saw the stickers on the helmet. And he's like, I'm going. It was like a bowl of red. Uh, just fucking knocking over everyone on their ass. Um, that's my weight room of the week. It was did, a close call between that and Dante Trader. Did you see the where he just flew through the air, full extension, little tomahawk check on the ride? Yes, it was after. It was after that. So, so the, the tomahawk check picked it up and then ran through everybody, yeah. right? Is, okay, I knew. Dude, what I mean again? What the fucker? Like, what are you supposed to do when he's out on the field against you? Yeah, you, you don't pray. You, you, down I guess. You, you find religion for the sure. Yeah, like, whichever one you want to choose. I'm sure that you're taking college courses, general ed. I have to take a, learn about a bunch of religions. Pick your favorite one, pray on the field, and uh, get going after that. Yeah, going to be tough to top Ricky Meason when it comes to anything involving the weight room. Um, all right, so that is weight room of the week. That is going to bring <laughs> us into another segment. We've got buy sell. Uh, Dukes, I'll, I'll I'll let you I'll let you start off here, so you can start with either your buy or your sell. But what should I start with? Give me give me what I should start with, and I'll start with it. Let's let's go ahead and buy a few things. All right, fine. I'm gonna buy sixes in general. I think it was a huge week for sixes. I think that people were turned off by it. Um, I think that people uh, grew to appreciate that it's just a different variation of lacrosse. I think it's necessary to grow the game around the world, even though that a bunch of people are going to be butthurt hearing that because it's not the version that they grew up liking. Um, I think that it's not the future of lacrosse, but it's the future of the growth for lacrosse. Um, a lot of a lot of teams can't compete with the U.S. and Canada or the Iroquois. Um, the sixes version will allow for some competitive, competitiveness and get people involved in the game, which is the whole fucking point of the sport is to grow the game and get people involved. So I'm buying sixes. So the so the Ty Warner tweet that sixes is better than field. Are are you you're so you're buying stock in in that? I'm not going to buy stock in saying that sixes is better than field. I like what I like, um, but I, I also just like competition. I like seeing balls in the back of the net. I like seeing teams come on top. <laughs> Someone's going to clip that, but uh, I can't even finish it. But yeah, I, I like competition. Whatever. Somebody finish this. <laughs> Big competition guy. Um, all right. Well, that's kind of awkward because right now I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to buy the face off. Now, listen, I know that everyone that's listening right now, you might find that a little bit surprising because of some of the discourse that we've been having on this here podcast over the last couple episodes. We might have been a little down on the face off as of late, uh, but I, I do listen. I don't want to take back my takes that I've had about the face off, but I do want to walk it back just a little bit because. On the last episode, I said that while I was watching Sixes, at no point did I think to myself that I was missing the face-off. But after thinking about it a little bit, I realized that I was missing something from Sixes. You want to know what that was, Dukes? I know what it is. You know what it is, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Without the face-off in lacrosse, the boys don't have any time to celebrate. Right. That was the one thing I knew that I was missing something while watching sixes. I just couldn't piece it together until a little bit later, but we didn't get a chance to see any great celebrations in sixes. No sellies, no guys, whether it's little, little scrape the hand on the turf, toss it up. Maybe it's a, a, a stick toss, a six spike. I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't care what it is. I just want to see the boys getting fired up with each other. And that's what the face off allows you to do without the face off. Right. Romar Dennis splashes a two 
he has to haul his ass right back into the hole because there's going to be transition right away. So he doesn't get a chance to really celebrate that. So the face-off gives a nice little break in the game. Uh, it allows the boys to celebrate, allows the guys to be dudes. Uh, so that right there is the biggest reason for why you should keep the face-off in the game. Not because it's an integral part of lacrosse, but because it lets the boys get fired up. Can I say two things going off it? And I agree with you. Can I just go up two things? When I say when I said uh, my my thoughts that no people fucking read me out in the comments, which is the exact thing that I want, it just boosted my ego ten times. So thank you, thank you, gentlemen. But I didn't. I, I said, did I not publicly state that I liked the face off? I said if lacrosse could be huge with the face off to to keep it. Um, what these nimwits don't get is that I I could put my ego to the side and say for the betterment of the sport, for the growth of the sport. This wasn't like I have all the answers. It was just my opinion. What I do think, Jack Hanna, in the comments, Waterdog midfielder, had one of the best takes of that. He's like, we don't have to get rid of the face-off, but how about just like speed up a shot clock? And oh, I've, 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 got it, I've got it pulled up right here. So credit, credit to the big brain on Jack Hanna. Uh, but he says, easy fix, 30 to 45-second shot clock to get the wings in the face-off guy set. If your team is late, possession is awarded to the other team. So, yeah, you get a quick selly. Got got a quick, you know, 10, 15 minutes to celebrate. You run your face-off guys, your wings out there, and that face-off happens in the next 45 seconds. And if you're not set up, boom, no face-off. Ball, ball goes the other way. I think that that's a great way of getting – you give me 30 to 45 seconds between goals, that, that's enough for everyone to catch their breath and, and get back in the swing of things, and then the face-off happens. It's when it's – you know, guys take for fucking ever to get back onto the sidelines, and then they throw – you know, they're, they're face-off guy out there, but, oh, shit, wait, no, we don't have a short stick on the other wing. Hey, you got to go get on that wing, and then it ends up yeah. being like a, a whole 90-second ordeal. And, again, as someone that publicly stated that I like the face-off, and I'm just looking wow. for better ways to grow the sport because I publicly fucking stated that I like the face-off, that what about, like, doing face-offs in the last five minutes of the game only? Face-offs at the end of every quarter, at the last five minutes of the half and last five minutes of the – game something like that like these are all options that are on the table i'm looking to grow the game i can put my ego to the side for a little bit and be like this product that we have put out right now has not gotten this to the sport to the place that it should be which is the moon and a lot but and then i, I was just going off this one of the funniest takes i've seen on the internet so far this week is that when people say like sixes is not lacrosse yes it is like yes it is that's like saying box lacrosse is not lacrosse that's like saying like like lacrosse is lacrosse. There isn't just because there's no face off. It's not lacrosse. Lacrosse is more lacrosse with the the sticks and throwing it. Like if you just had face offs, like, and you're like, all right, like that's one nothing. I won that one. Like that's not lacrosse. You know what saying, I'm saying? Saying that sixes isn't lacrosse because there are no face offs is saying like football wouldn't be football if you didn't have the kickers. Yeah, it, no kickoff. Football's done. No more field goals. What? No, oh, I'm not watching this. Yeah, like, it was just it was, it was just an insane take to just be like, oh, wait, oh, you're talking about that version? Oh, yeah, that's not lacrosse. It's like just like such a ridiculous take that I was like, kind of respect it, whatever. Everyone's yeah. voting to their opinion. That's probably the best country. Well, people, uh, people's brains are are currently in blenders with the sixes. But you know what? I'm actually going to stay. I'm going to keep the ball myself right now, going right into my cell because I'm going to stay with faceoffs, at least faceoff adjacents. Right now, I am going to sell calling a stick check on the face-off guy. 
So for anyone who watched uh, Maryland versus Princeton this weekend, uh, Tyler Sandoval wins a faceoff for Princeton, runs down the field, runs through a lot of guys, gets through a lot of checks. Uh, realistically, the ball probably should have came out of his stick, but it didn't, and he goes on his way to score a goal. Coach Tillman throws a little there's a little challenge on the play calls for a stick check on Sandoval. They check it. Obviously that stick is going to be illegal because every single face off stick in America is, is illegal goal gets wiped off the board. Two minute non-releasable penalty. Um, saw a lot of discourse on this on, on the internet. Uh, I saw our good friend Larkin Kemp applaud the move from John Tillman. Obviously saw the face off guys up in arms about it. I am very much anti calling a stick check on a faceoff guy. I think that it's a, I think that it's a greasy move and sure. Like if you just get scored on like that, I, I understand the, I, I can understand the desire to throw that stick check, mm-hmm. but in the same vein, like, like why, why doesn't Madelon just immediately ask to see Luke Weirman's stick, right? Like, because like, Hey, if, if, you're going to call a stick check on our guy. We'll just do the same to you because your guy's stick is also definitely 100% illegal because these guys are just warping their sticks for every single day. Like at no point are these sticks legal. So I think it's a, a good unwritten rule to live by, to just let the face off guys fucking work with whatever sticks they have. If you get scored on by one tip, your cap. Thanks for coming out. Whatever. I saw a bunch of people get mad at Tillman for checking Sandoval's stick, obviously. And I didn't know where I stood on the issue. And then I ask myself this question every time I come to a predicament. WWBD, what would Belichick do? And I think that Belichick would do what Tillman did. And I immediately fucking loved the move. I was like, it was so Belichick-esque that it pissed. Like, the more that I saw people get mad about it, I mean, like, it's an unwritten rule that you can't do it. It's about respect. Blah, blah. I was like, fucking love it. I was like, tell him and do it next week too. And I saw Greg Grenlian talking about it saying like, it's based on like head warp, fucking like the head's illegal. If you use it too much, it's like, where, what are we talking about? Why, why, why are we selling illegal heads that like could become illegal throughout the, throughout the game? Like, this is why, this is why I was like, I was like, ban the face off. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> so like you do, there is a point to be made there where it's like, all right, like if, if we're just, it, it does seem weird to just be like, all right, like, listen, all these guys, all their heads are going to be illegal. And like, we just like accept that that's going to be the fact. Um, and then it's like, then what happens in a situation like this? Um, I don't know. I, I just think, I just think maybe you should just s- slide high and late to a faceoff guy if he's going to score. And then that'll kind of just take care of it on itself yeah. instead of like, don't, don't call for the stick check. Like police that yourselves. Don't call for the stick check. Don't call in the cops and and get the two minute non-releasable and the goal wiped off the board. Just slide a little high and late to the guy next time, and it won't happen again. Fair. And uh, my cell, I think that you know, my cell. I am selling Tucker Dordovic stock. You leave people. People. People have to. People are wondering: Is he a bird killer? I'm not saying anything, but seriously, Tucker Dordovic leaves Cuse in shambles. I'm not saying he's played a role in it. He was a great player last year for Cuse, but he left Cuse, and they were a little bit in shambles. He comes to Georgetown, the number two seed last year going into the tournament. 
Oh, and three. Number three, three. There's just one common theme with Tucker Dordovic. And it's just he goes to these programs that have a lot of future, a lot of promise, and he's just killing them. Killing programs. Program killer. So I'm selling Tucker Dordovic stock. Now that we got that clip, um, that is presented by Hot Molly. <laughs> Uh, dude, I, I feel bad for the guy because, you know, obviously like he's, he didn't have his greatest game. Um, you know, obviously getting, having to go up against Chris fake, no one's going to have a great game against him, but like he has put up a decent amount of points through these first three games. It's just yeah. like, it's just that Georgetown fucking stinks right now and they can't figure it out. Um, I, I would say though, like I, I'm, I would be fine with selling stock of running your offense through Tucker Dordovic. I think that, that that would be a very fair thing to say. Kind of the same thing, like I would sell stock in running your offense through Sam Hanley, not to completely shit on Oregon lacrosse here, but like I, I think that those are like two really good pieces to really uh, to to finish your offense. But like I don't know, run, running it through them seems a little bit dicey right now for these guys. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm with you on that aspect of. I'm definitely not buying Tucker Dordovic stock right now. That's that's I, I might I might I might hold, but I'm not. Um, I'm yeah, not I, just, buying. I just wanted the clip to be honest. If anyone's actually listening to this, shout out you guys because I think Tucker Dordovic going to be the number one pick in the PLL draft. Yeah, well, um, oh, I do have one bonus um, sell, and and I'll, I'll make this quick. But uh, so I just got a new phone for the first time in like five or six years, uh, and so I have. Have you purchased a? a a new phone recently the so the the charging box apple apple doesn't get they give you a new charger but they don't give you the box that goes i know it's crazy so i am selling all of apple right now because that is fucked up that you're gonna give me a charging cable but you're not gonna give me a box that that it fits into so now not only did i just buy a new phone but i also have to buy this stupid fucking box so that's 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 my greater general life sell right now. Uh, mid major major performance wasn't a huge week for the for the mid majors out there, um, but I'm I'm gonna go ahead. Zach Cole, so eight ten mid major enough. Uh, Zach Cole goes twenty four for twenty four on faceoffs against Providence. Uh, St. Joe's just a, a, another wagon right now. Uh, the Hawks take down Providence nineteen to six. Uh, dude, 24 for 24 on the faceoffs, and he had 22 GBs. So it's not like he's just winning it back to his wings. This man is doing it all himself. Uh, so the 22 GBs, a goal, 24 for 24. Zach Cole, stud. Yeah, I'm going with Deb McLean from Brown, uh, just from a small little school called Brown. Um, huge performance this week out of the uh, out of the mid-major Ivy League. Um, until further notice, uh, the Ivy League's looking like the strongest mid-major conference this year you think you think that uh the ivy might be able to get a team into the tournament you think manhattan could beat brown by 12 manhattan in the ivy league final yeah <laughs> um shout out to the jaspers they also got to win this week but i forget against who but i do know that they won so that's enough mm-hmm. and that's talking manhattan jaspers lacrosse this show's been going on for long enough at this point let's uh let's talk about a couple of these games coming up this weekend and then we will wrap things up uh again one of the i need more friday games i need more good friday games on the slate 
I fucking love a nice Friday 5 p.m. game. I don't know if if, if we have anybody. We, we definitely have something coming up on this Friday. Okay. Yeah, so that's that's actually not bad, especially because it's going to be an ESPN Plus game. Um, all right. So, yeah, UMass layout. Wait, no, but that's that's in the afternoon, though. 1 p.m., um, yeah. Yeah, I Need those afternoon ones. Uh, all right. Well, things get started. Uh, Denver going to Chapel Hill. Uh, so Denver, they uh, they got a win over over Merrimack this past weekend. I want to say that that was that that game that weekend. UNC obviously coming off of the big win against Syracuse. Uh, UNC really love love the way that they're playing right now. Uh, obviously. Every time you've got a game where you got Colin Krieg in between the pipes, you've got a chance. Uh, if you know, if I had to put any number on it, I, I would say that UNC's probably probably win by somewhere around like two and a half goals. Uh, so a home game for UNC. Uh, always love this little stretch that Denver goes on where they go to the Carolinas. But I think, uh, yeah, I think I'm going to keep rocking with UNC on this one. Uh, Anthony DeMeo also, or not DeMeo. Uh, Fucking, and he's he's a Philly guy too. I don't know why I'm blanking on his name. Might be Demarco. Um, yeah, just little 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 Italian kid on UNC who can fucking shoot the shit out of the ball and finish really really well. So love the way that UNC's playing right now. Gonna stick with the Tar Heels on this one. Yeah, I'm going with the Tar Heels too. Um, I think that Logan McGovern's a stud. Sean Goldsmith's a stud. I like that defense. Uh, obviously, Krieg's the man. Uh, UNC hypothetically winning by three goals or more seems more than reasonable to me. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of high on them this year. So sticking with that. All right. Well, uh, let's see. We got Cornell at Ohio state. Is this, is this going to be our first chance to see the new Ohio state facility? No. We, uh, we've seen it before. Yeah. And one of like their, they had it in their opener. No. Well, either way. So Cornell is well, going to some big 10 network or something probably. Yeah. So we probably won't see it, but yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think this is on BTN plus, uh, but Cornell going to Ohio state, Ohio state, obviously a little tail tucked between their legs after getting spanked by Virginia uh, Cornell, one of the only teams in the Ivy to survive last weekend. They got a win over Lehigh. Um, I, I, this, this is a good little, little tournament preview. Uh, I, I think that we could see these two teams coming up against each other in May. Um, it's it's just it's hard to take what happens against Virginia into consideration when you're playing against anybody else this year. I, th- I think that you play against Virginia, you're gonna get fucking shit pumped, but that doesn't say more about you than it does just the fact that Virginia is an unstoppable force right now. Uh, so I still like Ohio State in this one. I haven't been like. I haven't been blown away by Cornell so far this year. Obviously, it's still early, but uh, yeah, I, I like Ohio State to bounce back in this one. Yeah, I like Cornell in this one. Uh, Cornell has uh, a curse and a Hugh Kelleher, which is always good enough for me. Um, I think that Hugh Kelleher is potentially a man that we'd see multiple times in the weight room of the week. So I'm going to roll with Cornell. It's still a little early for me to really get complete read on these teams but if i had to pick a side i'm going cornell all right uh biggest game of the weekend probably especially for uh for you over there the notre dame fighting irish just an absolute wagon going traveling down to college park to take on maryland this is uh, i believe a 1 p.m game on, Mm -hmm. on saturday uh so notre dame and maryland a rematch 
the 2021 quarters, the infamous Notre Dame by five. Uh, if, if I had to guess on this one, Maryland should win by somewhere around like one and a half goals. Uh, so Terps and Notre Dame Dukes, I'm, I'm going to give you the mic on this one. Notre Dame, what they were able to string together in the past couple of weeks has been nothing short of impressive. Um, just the difference with Tevlin on the roster, fake, the experience, Westland on the man up, the Kavanaugh brothers. Notre Dame right now as it stands is a way better team than Maryland. The, Mar- the only thing that kind of scares me, I to some extent, is the Maryland defense. But, I mean, Notre Dame last year kind of diced them up for, what, 11 goals? So, as far as Maryland being impressive, they ain't playing Princeton. They ain't playing <laughs> They ain't playing Princeton. Dante, Dante, you got you got Kavanaugh's now. So so just so, just so you know, some real real lacrosse players from Long Island. So uh, I think Notre Dame wins this one by fifteen plus. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. Um, now I, I think I think that uh, you know obviously. Maryland being at home, they're starting to figure some things out a little bit. I think that they know that they're way more of a defensive team this year than they've ever been before. Um, and obviously they just kind of have the history of, of winning these games against Notre Dame. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you look at what happened last year, Notre Dame was played Maryland closer than anybody else in the country uh, besides, you know, maybe that final against Cornell. Uh, but I don't know the way that I see this, I really like this game for a lot of different reasons. I think that it's going to be a great one to watch, but when it all said and done, Notre Dame has two Cavanaugh's on their roster and Maryland has none. So I think that that's going to be the difference maker. Um, think, you know, Notre Dame, maybe you get a couple ridebacks out of the Cavanaugh's steal a couple possessions away out of Maryland. Their offenses can look anemic at times. You get those couple extra possessions to crack through the Maryland defense. I'd like Notre Dame's chances in this one. Um, so I don't know. I'd, I'd say that this, this game comes down to the final possession, but you have two Cavanaugh's on the roster. Other team has none. I'm typically going to go with the Cavanaugh's on that one. So I'm also on Notre Dame, uh, Georgetown and Princeton. Does Georgetown get their first win of the season or should they be relegated to D three? I think they get their first one of the season. All right. Big bounce back for, for Georgetown in this one. Um, that's at Princeton, uh, Penn and Penn state. So Penn state coming off the big win against Yale. I feel like they're primed for a letdown in this one. Uh, also with, with Penn not looking too hot, uh, for the most part against Duke. Uh, I think that they're, looking for a bounce back. So I, I like Penn pretty big in this game. Yeah. I'll, I'll take you on that one. Uh, and then this game right here, I think that I've planned this out perfectly. So uh, Sunday 4 PM. So this weekend I'm, I'm going yeah, down to uh, going down to, to Austin, Texas to do a little bit of barbecue this weekend. I've got a flight leaving Austin at 4 PM. I think that Austin's two hours behind. So I think that, I'm, I'm pretty sure that it's at like, I don't even know how time zones work right now. My brain is, is so fried, but I think that I'll be in the airport for most of this game that I'll actually be able to watch it instead of in the air. So I'm pretty pumped about that. Uh, Duke at Syracuse. So Brendan O'Neill 
in the dome, McAdory in the dome to take on Joey Spelina. Just a, a nice little Team 91 reunion over there. Uh, Syracuse coming off that loss against UNC. Duke coming off the win against Penn. Um, do we see ankles snatched by McAdory in the dome? This is a Virginia Ohio State game. This is going to be Duke by. Like, this is. I was joking about Notre Dame by fifteen plus, but I, I don't think I'm joking when I say Duke will win this by ten plus. Love it. Uh, if they were to win by anything, I'd say maybe like two and a half goals. So seems like that's a uh, lay, lay the hammer there. Um, yeah, a lot of good games in in college across this weekend. Not any that I feel confident enough to be talking about, uh, but. A, Pretty, pretty good weekend for some of the mid-majors out there. So a lot of good games on the schedule. Looks like a decent amount of them you can be found on ESPN+. Plus. Pretty, pretty much the easiest way to watch lacrosse right now. Um, so solid weekend for everyone to get on the couch, watch some college lacs, sprinkle in a little bit of college basketball. And this is March, baby. Uh, make sure that you are following us. Uh, on socials, on Twitter and Instagram, we are at the crease dive. Uh, Dukes has been running the TikTok, so make sure you're following that at stool crease dive on there. Uh, YouTube again, if, if you guys aren't watching these on YouTube, you're missing out on Tech Dukes throwing up all these clips. Uh, so make sure that you are subscribed to us there at the or not at the crease dive, but we're the crease dive on YouTube. Uh, leave a like, leave a comment. And in the meantime, we'll be keeping things low to high until the day we die. We out.